gotta go fast. Now, is there anyone out there who wants to go fast? Anybody? I wanna go fast. Welcome to our first no huddle episode where we just take things that happen in the day and react instantly to it. Today, for example, we had a certain man by the name of Damian Lillard drop 61 points in a must win game. And, you know, this week was tough for our boy Dame. He had his two missed free throws. He had Pat Bev and Paul George jawing with them online. Their families got into it. Super personal. But Ani, he came back and dropped 51 the next game. And to top it off, 61 the next game. And, you know, people don't really talk about Dame Lillard as, like, a top five, top six player. Like, I, I still think going into this bubble, he was really underrated. But we're, we're kind of seeing what Dame time is really about. Like, today was something I'd never seen before, at least watching a game live. And it was really special to see. Yeah, it was actually insane. Me and you were both watching the game live and texting each other throughout the game. When the fourth quarter came on, Dame already had a lot of points. He already had like, I think 30 or close, close to 40 points before the fourth quarter even started. But he really turned another gear when he came on with around nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. He really took control of that game, made an insane shot with about a minute 30 left, took a three from basically the half court line, took a logo three, and it hit the rim, went way up high, and somehow bounced in. And it was like, I think it's the second best bounce I've ever seen. I think it's Kawhi's bounce and then this one. You said this was better than Kawhi's bounce, potentially. We'll see if, if they so, make the playoffs how influential those bounces was. But in the moment, it was actually crazy to see that bounce happen. I think this bounce in terms of like its wow factor, like how high the ball went. I'm not talking about the moment, right? Because... We all know Kawhi's shot was Game 7 Eastern Conference Semifinals. Like, that moment is just so much more than a play-in, like a chance to get to a play-in game, which is what the Blazers are essentially in. But I'm just talking about the sheer, the gravitas of the bounce. Like, it it went back rim, so I thought, all right, you know what, like, maybe Nurk's going to rebound it. Like, maybe CJ's going to get it off of balance. It just skies, like, 15 feet and drops in nothing but net. And really spectacular. Like, when I, I, I couldn't scream because... It, it's someone in our culture is like it's it's their birthday so our parents were like doing a puja downstairs like a religious thing downstairs so i didn't want to yell or like interrupt anything but that shot was wild yo like i i literally was speechless yeah it was it was actually crazy and it was really a must-win game for the for the blazers obviously but it wasn't like the mavs were backing off they had their foot on the gas the entire time that last three three to four minutes in the fourth quarter where Porzingis was hitting a three, Tim Hardy was hitting a three, Carmelo was hitting a three, Dame was hitting a three. It was just a really back-and-forth game. At that point, the Blazers were down three, and I didn't think they had around eight seconds left in the shot clock. And in my mind, I thought, okay, this is going to be another Booker logo three situation. And when he shot it, I was like, oh, this is going to go in. But then it hit back rim, and I was like, oh, it's, uh, it went super high. Oh, it's going to go over the backboard. You know, Mavs are going to get it. The Blazers have to get a stop. And somehow he pulled through. And not only that, uh, in, in the closing seconds of the game, he managed to get a foul um, that with around five seconds left in the game, four seconds left. He managed to get a foul that helped secure the win for the Blazers. He also ended up giving a really nice assist really late in the game as well uh, to Hassan Whiteside that had a really nice pass uh, that, 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 that Hassan Whiteside dunked in the paint that again helped them get the lead. And Dame just really turned it on today. And he, he, he said at the end, put some respect on my name. 
And I really think the league has to put some respect on his name. You, in our last episode, said, oh, this is a guy that's a top five, top six player in the league. I didn't say anything because you were in a flow. I was going to object to that. But honestly, now, I don't think if I can. Because the way he's playing right now, he's he's playing like he's the best player in the league right now. These past few games, even missing those free throws against the Clippers, he still had an amazing game. And yeah, you know, you can you can give him, you know, crap all you want for it for missing those free throws, but still I think the fact that the way he's played over these last few games and basically bringing the Blazers single-handedly into playoff contention right now, they're the eighth seed, and if they win the next game, they're going to be in that play-in game. Like, he's playing like he's the best player in the league. I think, you know, they're, they're talking about a player of the bubble so far. There's, I think, three candidates, TJ Warren, my boy Devin Booker, and Dame Lillard, but I think after these two performances, it can't go to anyone but Dame Lillard. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Dame said going into the bubble, like, they just needed a chance, right? Because they finally had all their guys healthy, and they were getting ready for a possible playoff appearance, but, you know, nothing certain. And they've they've walked the walk and talked the talk and done everything that they needed to, right? I think Nurkic unlocked a lot of things for their offense, and from watching these games, you know, today I was watching the Mavs telecast on Adam Silver's fan page, if, if you guys know those illegal streams on Reddit, but... The Mavs announcer said uh, when Nurkic fouled out in today's game, he said Whiteside was a better defender and Whiteside, uh, he thought it was better that Whiteside was coming in when Nurkic went out of the game. I strongly disagreed with that. I think he, obviously that Mavs announcer hadn't seen too many Blazer games, but Nurkic passes the ball well. He sets unbelievable screens. He rolls every single time he sets that high screen for Dame. And I think it creates so many things in the Blazers offense. And another thing about what Damien did in particular, his passing is very underrated. Like every time he knifes in and drives to the lane, there's so many shooters that he just finds from the corner of his eye. Like he hit Melo for two super clutch threes. Shout out Melo for just revitalizing his career here in the bubble and with Portland in general. But Dame is a, a very solid playmaker. And, you know, there's some crazy stat today that no player has gone 60 points, five rebounds, five assists more than once. And the only player on that list who's done it multiple times is Damian Lillard. And that's insane. Like, already that's such a monumental stat. And we're, we're talking about a future Hall of Famer at this point. Like, there's no doubt that Damian Lillard's going to be one of the best players remembered from this decade and possibly moving into the next decade. But I I, I want to see him win a, win a championship to, like, truly be considered one of those, like, top two, three, like, elite point guards from this time. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see Damian Lillard win a championship. I don't think it's going to happen, but me and you were talking, and... This 8th seed, if the Blazers do make it to the 8th seed and they play the, the LeBron-led Lakers, would be the Lakers' worst nightmare. And I think it's mm-hmm. absolutely what every single Lakers fan, including myself and LeBron James and Anthony Davis and everyone in the Lakers organization will have nightmares about is playing that Blazers team, which right now is hitting all its gears. It's super in stride. And I think that series goes to at least 6 games, if not 7 and you think that there's a good chance the Blazers win. I, I think it's, you know, I think it'll be a scare, but I think the Lakers will pull through. But still, I think it'll be a very competitive series. And, you know, you take any of the other teams, even teams that are right now, the 7-0 Phoenix Suns. I think the Lakers would much rather play that than they would play the Blazers. Because this Blazers team, we know what they can do in the playoffs. We know what C.J. McComb can do in the playoffs. And we know Dame Miller can do in the playoffs. We know that he can hit those clutch shots. And he's playing like Dame Lillard in the playoffs right now. And this is a team, again, that for the most part, essentially was the the team that was second in the West last year. They went to the Western Conference Finals. 
And granted, this is a slightly different team, and I think the role players on this Blazers team specifically aren't stepping up nearly as much as they need to. I'm not talking about the sort of big three in terms of uh, CJ, Dame, and Carmelo Anthony. Some of the role players aren't playing as well as they should, I think, to make it super easy on the Blazers. But still, they're, they're playing super good basketball right now, and I think they have a really good shot of beating the Nets. That's their last game in the bubble on Thursday. Uh, so they need to beat the Nets. That's it to advance and to be either the 8th or the ninth seed. If they win, it doesn't matter. They're in. And so, and if they win, then they're actually the 8th seed. No matter what happens anywhere else, if they win this next game against the Nets, which seems very likely considering how the Nets are playing, they are going to be the 8th seed. And that's really easy for them in terms of the play-in game. They only need to win one of those two games against their opponent. But right now, we're in a three-way tie for the ninth seed in the West. We have the Suns, the Spurs, and the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies right now have a, 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 an advantage over the Suns and the Spurs in terms of, I, I guess they have the, the advantage in the regular season matchups. Uh, so right now, if, if the season ended today, the Grizzlies would make it. But they're still, again, every single one of these teams has one game left. And the Grizzlies are paying the Bucks. The Bucks will probably rest everyone. Maybe Giannis will play some limited minutes. He played some limited minutes today against the the, the Washington Bullets, the Washington Wizards. Quick thing on quick thing on Giannis. I think he's going to be suspended for next game. Oh yeah, after yeah. today's headbutt of Mo Wagner. Yeah, Wagner, however you say his last name. But yeah, that's. I guess like he probably wasn't going to play heavy minutes next game, but now there's like no chance he plays. So that's something that kind of works out for Memphis's in Memphis's favor, but. I wanted to say one thing that the Spurs have played one game less than both the Grizzlies and the Suns. So as of now, like technically the standings are tied, but in terms of winning percentage, they are the 11 seed at this moment. So even if all three of those teams, 9, 10, and 11, win their games, the Spurs are still going to finish 11th just because because of scheduling and how the bubble worked out. They've played one less games than the other. So so you might call it unfair, sure, but it's that's just kind of how the bubble played out this time. Yeah. But, I mean, the the Spurs have a pretty hard matchup. They're playing Mavs, and I'm sure the Mavs will want to beat their in-state rival, and especially considering how well they played against the Blazers today and how close they were to winning, I think the Mavs will definitely want to, to win that game. They have the seventh seed, but just to secure that spot, I mean, it's already secured, but I guess for, for morale purposes going into the playoffs, it would be a really nice win. So I think the Spurs honestly have the hardest road of making the playoffs because they're that one game down, so they have the less winning percentage. And also, I think they have the hardest team to face uh, between the other three teams that earn his right now a tie. Uh, so then there's also the Suns. The Suns are 7-0. and They have a chance of going 8-0. and All the... Oh, sorry. The Suns are playing the Mavs. I'm very sorry for that. The Suns are playing the Mavs. The Spurs are playing the Jazz. So the Jazz are probably going to rest most of their players like they have been. So the Spurs actually have a decent chance. The Suns probably have the hardest chance of any team yeah the Suns are 7-0 and and they had to go 7-0 just to be at this point so I mean props to Monty Williams Devin Booker DeAndre Ayton that whole team for kind of showing that they are a bright future Suns team and they have a lot of potential moving forward one thing about the Blazers that's scary if they do make the playoffs is CJ McCollum has been playing the last few games with like a back fracture and that I did not know of until today and he even said you know I've been dealing with it like I can still play kind of explains his down shooting numbers for the past few games um I don't know I don't want to get too ahead but if they face LA in the first round 
LA doesn't have anyone who can guard Dame and CJ. And Portland doesn't have anyone who can guard AD and LeBron. So I think it's just going to be a matter of who scores more like in that duo. Because the role players... I think Portland's role players and like supporting cast is infinitely better than LA's. Like, I'm taking every member of the starting five for Portland. Like, I think Portland has an advantage in three out of the five starting positions. I think they have an advantage in their bench. It's just those top two for the Lakers are, you know, like top eight, top nine players. So I don't know about just... the advantage on the bench. Honestly, I think the Lakers, they, they don't have the bench that a team like the Nuggets has, but I'd still think that their bench is overall pretty good. I think they have had some production issues, but I still think the players they have overall when they really gel, I think they're equivalent at least to the Blazers bench. I don't think the Blazers bench is something extraordinary. Cause the, the Blazers now have Whiteside off the bench. They have they have Gary Trent Jr. off the bench. They have okay, Hizonia is like half an NBA player. Um who else? Mello Mello is starting right now. Yeah, so I mean the Lakers have like in defense of like Whiteside, they have Dwight Howard who's playing super well. He's coming off the bench. Uh they have, depending on the game and like what the starting lineup is, sometimes they have Caruso coming off the bench. Who I think honestly is equivalent to, to Gary Trent Jr. Maybe not in terms of like shooting, but I think like they, he brings a lot of hustle and he's overall a really good player, a meme for sure, but a very good player. They also got you know sometimes like I guess it really depends because they changed up their starting lineup a, a few times recently, but I, I I think they have a bench equivalent at least to the Blazers. They have J.R. Smith, which I know is kind of funny saying, but you know J.R. Smith is a pretty good shooter, so. They have they have some players on the bench. It's not like their bench is full of nobodies. They have they have a pretty decent bench, but I think we'll see how the game turns out. I think I really agree with the starting five, though, as you said. I think it's going to be hard, although the Lakers have Danny Green, it's going to be hard to stop Dame and CJ. And for the Blazers, although they have, they have Nurkic and then Hassan Whiteside, it's going to be hard to stop AD and LeBron. So it's really going to be a matchup of you know seeing who can exploit what advantages in the starting lineup. I think Zach Collins is key in that matchup if it eventually does happen. And he has, there's some games where he looks like a really, really strong foundational piece for that Blazers team. Like he knows exactly what he's doing on the court. He's always in the right positions. He's defensive, like he, he's very strong on the defensive end and he rolls well on offense, catches lobs, he can shoot. But there's some games where he's just always in foul trouble. He'll have like four fouls in the third quarter, like just starting and He's like unplayable at times just because you don't want to risk him getting that fifth foul, sixth foul. So I think him staying disciplined on defense is going to be key if they even have a chance to compete with LA. But if Dame is going around averaging 50 a game, like I'm what if if I had money to bet, like I'm very hesitantly putting it on the Blazers to win that series. If he drops 50 again, there's no there's no telling what can happen. I agree about Zach Collins, and one thing that you do have to take to keep into account is that AD draws a lot of fouls. So if Zach Collins is guarding AD, then that matchup will very heavily favor the Lakers because I think that AD can put Zach Collins in foul trouble, and then they're going to have to resort to using some other players to guard AD. And I think AD is going to be the key to this matchup. I think AD is the hardest player to guard. Maybe Melo can guard LeBron. They are good friends, so who knows? Maybe that'll affect LeBron's mindset. Probably not. But, you know, maybe somebody can guard LeBron. But I think when it comes to AD, there's really no one on the Blazers that can effectively guard him without 
putting in some trouble. But again, a lot of foresight, a lot of thinking, but we'll have to see what happens over these next two days. There's a lot of basketball to be played. Again, each of the teams that are in potential playoff contention, which are the Grizzlies, the Blazers, the Suns, and the Spurs, they have one game left to play. So again, the Grizzlies are playing the Bucks, which, as Ashree mentioned, will potentially be without Giannis and will probably be resting most of their starters. If they win, they are in the play-in game. The Blazers are playing the Nets. Should be an easy win for them. If they win, they are in the play-in game. The Suns are playing the Mavs, and they need to beat the Mavs, and they need to have either have the Grizzlies or the Blazers lose for them to be in the play-in game, and then the Spurs need to beat the Jazz, and they need to have two of the three other teams, the Grizzlies, Blazers, or Suns, to lose to be in the play-in game. So lots of different possibilities, combinations. I do want to say one thing about the Brooklyn Nets. They've been surprisingly good in the bubble. They had a blowout loss against the Celtics, and they had another loss, I think, earlier in the bubble. But overall, I think they're they're like 5-2 and two in the bubble, which is very surprising. And so props to them. I think they'll play hard, but Portland, you should win. Like You should definitely win this game. Me saying it's an easy game so, yeah. is not a knock on the Nets. I think the Nets are playing very good basketball right now. Karis LeVert is doing super well. I think it's just showing... Or talking about how well Dame is playing and the Blazers overall are playing. I think it should be an easy win, especially considering Dame is in Dame time mode. And he really said, you know, the job's not done. He had that. He basically echoed Kobe in his post-game interview, said job's not done yet. We need to win the next game. So I think, you know, however well the Nets are playing, it's going to be hard to stop Dame Lillard when he's in this mindset. So we'll see what happens. But a couple of exciting games to finish off this bubble and the play-in game is also going to happen soon, so that's going to be super exciting. If if the Blazers are the eighth seed, no matter who the ninth seed is, I don't think they will have trouble getting through them. And I think if the Blazers secure the eighth seed, I think it's almost right in that they are going to face the Lakers in that first round. But again, this is the NBA bubble. The Suns went seven and zero. TJ Warren has suddenly turned into Michael Jordan. Surprises are everywhere, so we have no idea what's going to happen next. But that's what I love about this. I think that's what everyone loves about this, and that's why the NBA is super popular right now, and people are playing the best basketball of their lives. And one of those people is Damian Lillard, dropping 50-plus two straight nights, 61, to lead the Blazers in an amazing win over the Mavericks. And again, an amazing, amazing game, something we wanted to talk about right when it happened. This was our first episode of No Huddle. Please let us know if you like these sort of short-form clips just talking about recent events that happened. If so, we'll try and put more of them out, react. I think it'll especially come time when the playoffs come or some crazy playoff moment happens. That's when we'll try doing more of these or even when the NFL, MLB start up. MLB's already started up, but when the MLB reaches its sort of ending or maybe playoffs, maybe the NFL, some crazy games, who knows. But if you like this, please let us know. Follow our Instagram, podcast.lockedin, and just let us know if you like this type of content. Yeah, there was a five-overtime game in the NHL today, and that wasn't the first story on ESPN. So basketball is doing something right, and the bubble is thriving. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Have a good day. Yeah, stay safe and wash your hands.